Welcome to the SBCA podcast, Component Connection. Hello and welcome to Component Connection. My name is Mindy Caldwell and I'll be your host for this installment in SBCA's podcast series. Today's broadcast is a family affair as I welcome what may be one of the only mother-daughter duos in the components industry. Angie and Ashley Stroder both work for California Trust Frame, which is based in Murrieta, California, and has a total of five locations throughout the state. Angie has more than 26 years of experience in the industry and currently serves as CTF's Vice President of Supply Chain. Ashley joined the industry about a year and a half ago as a sales representative for CTF. Thank you both so much for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Glad to be here. Great. Well, we're seeing more and more women entering the components industry in a variety of roles. So it's especially exciting to get a multi-generational perspective from the two of you. So I thought we'd start out by getting the backstory on how you both got into the industry. Uh, So Angie, why don't we start with you? Okay, I joined the structural building component industry back in 1993 with Stark Trust Company in Perryville, Missouri. I started off as an office manager. Um, I worked in that for about three years, then decided to make uh, a lateral move into the design department where I worked for about the next 14 years designing trusses. Um, And then as my career progressed, I was offered a position with ProBuild, which is now Builders First Source working in the engineering department um, where I ran the optimization and sill drawings department. Um, The optimization department was um, basically about lumber usage and length and trying to optimize to um, get the most efficient use out of the lumber that we possibly could. And then I also worked with um, getting the sill drawings and sending off repairs for broken trusses and different items like that. And then my next move um, was moved into the material procurement for Timberland Lumber Company uh, in Indianapolis, where I purchased lumber, engineered wood products, windows and doors, and miscellaneous supplies. I did this for about two years. And then I took a short break um, when we moved to California. And then I decided that I was kind of bored and wanted to go back to work. So... I started looking for a job and California Trust Frame was looking for a lumber buyer. So my next career move was to that in February of 2017 um, to current. Um, I'm now the VP of supply chain and I currently purchase around 65 to 70 million board feet of lumber per year. And I oversee the purchasing of equipment and other supplies and all of our assets for CTF. Wow, great. That is quite the... The career arc. Now, when you started out with Stark, that was uh, back with Abner Yoder almost three decades ago, correct? Correct. What was was that like? Because that was the plant that you helped start, correct? Right. So when we, when Stark decided to put a trust plant in Perryville, Missouri, um, it was just a piece of ground and we built the building from the ground up. So all of the people that was employed at that time helped to do everything from building the offices to, you know, putting down carpet and trim and whatever we could do to help out. So that's how we all got started in the industry quite a few years ago. So it was very interesting. Great, exciting times for sure. So Ashley, you, for all intents and purposes, grew up in the industry, correct? In and around uh, with both your parents being so involved. What was that like? 
Well, my my earliest memory is from uh, the plant in Rensselaer, Indiana, and a lot of the time whenever I was sick or whatever, you know, my mom would bring me in and with blankets and everything else, and I'd watch Disney movies and hang out during the day, and if I went in on the weekends and the guys weren't working out in the shop, I would be out in the shop, which I shouldn't have been, running across the tables and playing around and doing things that in no way would happen today but um that's kind of my kind of my earliest memories um from growing up around the components industry and I I kind of knew you know that my parents helped build buildings and I I knew that they used wood products and stuff like that but I really had no idea of all the all the planning and everything that went into it as far as design and and all that stuff so that was kind of my growing up in the industry and it's been kind of interesting because now that I'm involved in the industry and SBCA I get to see all of the people that my parents worked with and and they remember me as a kid and it's kind of fun to you know relive some of those stories and hear about those things. Sure so when was your first opportunity to get a better sense for what the component industry was all about? So when I, when I was in uh, all through middle school and, and starting into high school, every summer I used to work at the golf course that we that we lived on. I worked at the basically the 19th hole is like a upscale concession stand. And going into my sophomore year, the Indiana kind of cracked down on everybody that worked there had to have their liquor license. And since I wasn't 19 years old yet, that wasn't possible. So I I went to my dad and was like, hey, you know. Is it, would it be possible if I, if I could work there this summer, I'll answer phones, do whatever I can do. This is whenever he was uh, working for Carter Lee. And he said, you know, you can work for, for us. We have stuff that you can do, but you got to be on time and you, you got to make sure that you're dressed nice and you're respectful to everybody. And you you need to be a shining employee, basically. So I knew going into it that he was going to have very high standards for me. and that was kind of my first introduction into it. And when I, I expected to be doing, you know, answering phones and talking to people and doing some of the more fun stuff in my mind at the time. But when I showed up my first day, I found out that I was going to be scanning plans into the computer. And that's all I did for eight hours straight. And, and I, it was not exactly the job I had in mind. And I wasn't too happy about it being a kid, but I stuck with it and I did it pretty much all summer long and I'll, I'll never forget towards the end of the summer I uh I didn't put gas in my car the night before and then the gas station was not too far from our house maybe two miles from our house and I thought that I could make it I ran out of gas about 50 yards from the gas station so I had to pull over run to the gas station fill up a gas can run back fill up my car and head to work and I ended up being about 20 minutes late and I'll never forget you know the the hallway to where I worked I worked in a, this room with no windows nothing but uh when you walk down all of the designers sat in cubicles in that same hall that I did and my dad found out that I was late and he came down the hallway looking for me and yelled where's Ashley where's Ashley and he finally found me and he just reamed me in front of everybody and I was so embarrassed and upset and everything. So I learned three things that summer. One, I was going to work as hard as I could in school. 
So I never had to do another monotonous job like that. Two, I was going to go to college to make sure that I improved my chances of never having to do a job like that. And three, I swore I would never work for my dad again. But obviously that's changed because I, I work for California Trust Frame now, not directly for him. But I, I know now that he was just teaching me a lesson that I needed to be, you know, a good employee and a good person and make sure that I showed up on time and had all my stuff together. But that was that was kind of my first introduction to to working in the components industry. Nice. Those life lessons that we never forget, right? So, yeah. so yeah. You, you did, you went on to college and you didn't head directly back into the components industry. Tell us a little bit about the direction your path did go and how it led you back to structural building components. Yeah, so I, I went to college to be a teacher and right out of college, I started teaching the second grade uh, here in California. And about halfway through my second year, I kind of just decided that it wasn't really for me. I, I loved working with the kids and that was my favorite part about it and really the reason I got into it. But I there was a lot of politics and just not making enough money and other things that went into me deciding that I wasn't really happy and I wanted to start looking for something else. So I sat down with my dad and we kind of talked it over and I asked him what, you know, what do you think I'd be good at? And he, you know, said, you're a hard charger. You, you like talking to people, you would do well in a fast paced environment. And I said, well, that, that to me kind of sounds like sales. Do you know of anybody who companies that you guys work with that, that like lumber suppliers or, you know, my tech or somebody like that, that would take me on over the summer uh, for an internship. And he said, well, you know, let me look into it and I'll see if anybody has any openings. And I said, you know, I'll even work for free. I'm going to, I have a break over the summer where I'm, I'm not working and I, I can work the summer. And if they like me, they can keep me. And if they don't, then I'll just go back to teaching. And that was kind of the way it started. And my dad came back to me and said, I don't know if you would like this or even want to do this or interested in the components industry, but we have a sales rep that's retiring. And he said, I can't promise you a job, obviously, but if you want to go to the our head of sales in Paris and talk to him about it, you can see if, if he'll give you an internship over the summer. So I met with Jason Walsh, who was our sales manager at the time and pretty much laid it out for him and said, here's the deal. I, I'm not really liking teaching. I think that I could be really good at sales. And I heard that you have a sales rep that's retiring. I'm curious if you guys would give me a shot. I'll do an unpaid internship over the summer. And just, you know, if you like me at the end of the summer, you keep me and you filled your sales role that you need to fill. If you don't like me, no harm, no foul. You just let me go. And, and that's the end of it. So they actually ended up having to pay me because the California law is silly, but they had to pay me minimum wage. So I worked over the summer um, with Rod Harlan, who was a sales rep that was retiring. And I'm very appreciative of him. He really took me on and showed me the ropes. And he's a very detail-oriented person. So he it was super helpful for me because he got down to the nitty gritty and was able to teach me how to read plans and how to deal with customers and what to do whenever you're on a job site and there's something that's not working, how to figure out if it's a design issue or if it's a production issue or if it's, you know, a framing issue and it has really nothing to do with us. So he, he really helped me 
um, in that role. And uh, Philip David, our director of design, also uh, taught a plan class um, while I was here over the summer. And I started taking that class and I've been able to go to either one of them with any any questions I have. If I'm on a job site and something comes up and I don't really know the answer to it, I would go to one of them and sit down with them and lay out all the facts and pictures and everything and say, what exactly is going on here? So at the end of the summer, it was basically up to Rod to tell Jason if he thought that I was making the cut and he he agreed that I was and they decided to hire me and and here I am a year and a half later and things are going really well. That's awesome. And we're glad to have you involved in the industry and SBCA. You've definitely brought a lot of enthusiasm to the Emerging Leaders Committee as you've gotten involved in that, and, and we've appreciated that. Has it been fun for you, Angie, to watch the next generation come in? Yeah, it's been very exciting. Um, she's done a lot and got a lot involved, and it is very exciting to see how the younger people um, can come up in the industry for sure. Well, you both have a lot of enthusiasm uh, for what you do, and it's clear that you enjoy the work that you do. Um, What do you like best about being part of the structural building components industry and you've done different things, particularly for you, Angie? I really like the lumber purchasing department. Um, I've met a lot of great people and developed a lot of great relationships with people in the industry. Uh, We have taken um, a lot of information and developed uh, policies and procedures um, for our lumber inventory that we've now put in place. We have our own IT department that has developed a lot of programs that help with our forecasting, our inventory management, material usage, like efficiency, cost reduction, and our lumber turns. Um, Last year, when the lumber prices were so high, I was able to do a lot of forecasting. Of course, I didn't know the lumber market was going to jump like it did, but we have a forecast that we go by, and we were predicting to have a pretty busy year, so I had bought early on uh, quite a bit of lumber, and I was able to sustain those lower uh, average prices throughout the higher months, and then we didn't have to really buy, purchase any more material until it started to drop back down on the lower side. So it really helped out CTF in the long run. Yeah, that's excellent that you were able to weather that to be ahead of it. Ashley, what about you? What has become your favorite? I know you haven't had as many different experiences. Obviously, we know that you don't like scanning plans for eight hours a day. That that was clear. Um, But now that you're in your sales role, what is the favorite part of that for you? I really like how fast paced it is and I every day I can I can lay out a plan for my entire week but I can promise you that it never goes as planned. So I I kind of really like that that I'm constantly doing different things and I, there's always problem solving involved so I'm really having to think and a lot of times think outside the box and I really enjoy working with my customers to to get them a product that makes their lives easier in the field and that helps to build my relationship with them and in turn I am able to do more work with them and that's really exciting for me. Great. Well there aren't many female lumber buyers or salespeople in the industry which you know to a large degree makes you both pioneers from that perspective. 
How has being a woman in a traditionally male-dominated industry shaped how you approach your career and the work you do every day? I think for me, um, it has mostly made my approach to where basically it's challenged me to work even harder to achieve my goals and expectations. I just think if you treat everyone with respect and just do your absolute best at your job, that usually things will work out for the best. For me, um, I honestly, before I started in the components industry, never really thought about it being a male-dominated industry because of the fact that my mom was in the industry, and I just assumed that there were other women in in the world doing the same thing. So, but then once I started, uh, I obviously the fact that I'm a woman does tend to change things a bit, but I try my best not to let it affect how I present myself and the things that I do. Um, I will say though, with my customers and coworkers, I usually get treated one of three ways. I either, they treat me just like I'm a man or they treat me too much like a woman as far as like, you know, oh, don't, don't lift that, it might be too heavy or you don't have to climb up there on the trusses or whatever and, and you know, I try to do those things anyway because I feel capable and, and like I can handle it. Or three, they ignore your gender completely and they just treat you like a coworker, which is obviously what we all hope for. But um, to be honest, you, if you want to be successful, you kind of have to be okay with all three and, and you should be because people are going to always think how they want to think and feel the way they feel. And all you can do is to do your best. And I believe that if I'm producing results and I'm doing my best, um, that I'll be given opportunities based off of that. So that's kind of the way I've approached it. Sure. Are there any unique characteristics that either of you think you bring to the table because you're a woman? I don't necessarily think just because I'm a woman that I have some unique characteristics, but with my experience of working uh, in the industry and the different areas that I've worked in and the different aspects, I feel like it gives me a much better perspective on the use and intention of material um, because I've been exposed so, to so many various positions of the component industry. Sure. I think that it's a type of person, not necessarily that you're a woman or a man. And I definitely think that there are you know, men and women both who fit the fit the right characteristics to work in this industry. Uh, I think that you have to be a hard charger. I think that you have to, you know, be able to stick with the fast pace that, that's going on in the industry. And, and you have to be confident. And I think that a lot of times when we look at women, those aren't necessarily the characteristics that we see. I definitely think that women have those characteristics, but they're they're more men usually have those characteristics. So I think that any woman who feels that those are the characteristics that they have can definitely succeed in this industry. Sure. That's a great point about it taking a certain type of person and men and women both can do the work. It's just about, you know, where your passions lie and how hard are you willing to try and direct that passion toward success. You know, obviously there's a, a huge need for more people to get involved in this industry, especially younger people. Um, do you have any words of wisdom or encouragement that you would share? I would just say, um, don't be intimidated. Just go after what you want. If you really want to be in the component industry, um, I think you'll, that women will do a great job. Um, just 
treat everyone with respect and fairness and have compassion and understanding when dealing with people. Um, be good at what you do, set a positive tone for everyone that you work with. And don't be afraid to ask questions. If you don't know the answer, just ask the questions. Um, I would say that you need to, you don't always have to be aggressive in this job, but you do have to be assertive um, in just about everything that you do. What about for you, Ashley? I think, um, yeah, I think as far as um, specifically women getting involved in the components manufacturing industry, I think that there's kind of a big opportunity. And the reason I say that is because you know, we're always looking to hire people out in the shop and in the office. And I think that a lot of times it's mainly men applying for these jobs. And, you know, there are men that are suited for the job and there are men that aren't. So if you take that and you split that pool, if you add women, it's going to be the same thing. It just, there's more opportunity because less people are applying for these jobs. So I just think that that's, that's a huge plus for women if you're interested at all in this, you have a good opportunity at getting hired because we're lacking people, period. So I think that that's a good way to look at it. Definitely. Great. Well, okay, it's time to get out our crystal ball. And it sounds like, Angie, you might be really good at this because you're into predicting things. <laughs> but uh, let's turn a little bit to the future and you know the, the next 10 or 20 years in the industry. And what do you predict will be the biggest change or should be the biggest change in the industry as we move into the future? Well, I feel like the component industry is, is definitely making great strides and where different companies and different people with buying powers know more about the structural building component industry and what it can do. I think that the uh, advancement in like engineering programs and technologies and the advanced equipment will bring the building component industry to the forefront. Um, it will make the market become more efficient and less labor intensive, intensive uh, which should allow for everyone to be more efficient at their jobs. Sure. Ashley, what about you? What's your perspective on the next 10 or 20 years? Uh, I kind of really hope that there's more value engineering done and that we're including all subs in it and that we continue to keep the lines of communication open all the way through the building process. Because for me personally, as a sales rep, basically my job is party planning a job. If you, if you really want to get down to it, that's, that's kind of what it's like. And there's so many people and so many companies that are involved in putting a building up that it's really hard when you, you have to go through the chain of command. You know, I report to my framer and my framer reports to the GC and the GC reports to the owner and the architect and the engineer. And sometimes when we send RFIs or we send emails and they, they get lost in that chain or they don't get answered completely and it just it eats up a lot of time. And I think for everybody, it would be in our best interest if we could all, you know, sit at the same table and have an open line of communication. I think things would get done a lot faster and they would get done in a manner that would be less expensive for everybody. And it, it just, I think the more heads you have at the table, the better ideas you have and the better product you're going to put out. So my hope is that that happens. I don't know that it will. 
I think it'll improve, but uh, that's kind of what I hope to see in the future. I love it. Party planning on the <laughs> job. That's great. <laughs> it sounds silly, but it's honestly really true. <laughs> it is a bit of a party, I would imagine. Um, so as you both, you know, develop in your your professional lives and in your personal lives, are there any resources you use, any books or podcasts or speakers you enjoy that you'd want to share with, with our listeners today? I have a book called Relationomics. It's by Dr. Randy Ross, and he talks about the relationships are the core of our lives. It's personally in business and everything. It's a great book to look into, and it's helped me a great deal. Great. I've not heard of that one. Thanks, Angie. I think for me, starting out, um, I've obviously tried to pack a lot into a small amount of time because I, I'm kind of learning as I go. So for me, the, one of the biggest helps was getting involved in SBCA just because all of the industry news that you guys put out and uh, the classes that you can take online and learning from other people in the industry through SBCA has been a major help for me personally. and. I also think that one of the most untapped resources that people don't think about are, are going to your coworkers and asking them for help or asking them what their perspective is on things. That for me has been the biggest help so far. I, to be honest, I haven't read a whole, whole lot of books about this. I've read some books about business, but I think as somebody who's young in the industry and doesn't have a whole lot of experience, the best thing you can do is reach out to people and use them as a resource because they have more knowledge than you could ever acquire from a book. Great. Well, and you've been involved in, in SPCA's open quarterly meetings and the Emerging Leaders Committee. Again, that's, that's all about relationships and networking and all of that. So a lot of value to be gained there as well. So when you're not thinking about components, what do you ladies like to do in your spare time? Well, I like to hang out with family and friends. I love hiking, being outdoors, and traveling to like explore new areas and things that you haven't seen before. Cool. I just actually, this is my first year, I started gardening, so that's been interesting. <laughs> I really like being outside, and uh, I go surfing a lot. I like to ski in the wintertime. I'm trying to pick up golf again. I grew up on the golf course and played quite a bit, but I wasn't good by any means. It's just kind of fun. It's a fun hobby to have. And I like doing all of that outdoor stuff and spending time with my family. That's, that's pretty much what I, what I do with my spare time. Awesome. Well, is there anything else, any other thoughts you guys have about you know, being in the industry, being part of generations of a family in the industry? Um, just in general, anything you'd like to share with our audience about why you love this industry so much and, and enjoy what you do? I would just say it's it's an exciting time to be in the industry because components are really starting to take off and customers are starting to see all of the value in components that they can get buildings up in a shorter amount of time and that they're able to do more jobs in a year and make more money. And that to me is super exciting because it's my livelihood since I'm in sales. And I think that any industry that's on the uptick is a exciting industry to get into. So I would encourage anybody who is thinking about getting into component, the components industry uh, to do so. And 
I would also I'll do a little plug for SBCA. It's a great resource and it's also a lot of fun. So I would I would definitely get involved in that as well. Well, thanks, Ashley. I would agree with that completely. I think the Structural Building Component Association is a great networking resource. I started out years ago by doing the trust technician training. I've went through uh, several of those classes. It's a great way to stay connected to other people in the industry. Um, the BCMC that happens every year is a great networking tool. There's lots of um, classes to take that informs you a lot about things that are going on in the industry, uh, market research data, industry news, just a lot of good information that you can gain just by going. You can also talk to different kinds of vendors and customers from, you know, all areas of our component industry. It's a great tool. Excellent. That's awesome. I'm curious, Ashley, from your perspective, you know, as, as you were sharing your uh, perspective on how the industry is really taking off and components are really gaining ground, you know, at least from what you're seeing with your customers. Is that something unique you're experiencing in your market? Is there something going on in the California market that you think is changing? Um, is it just labor constraints that people are finally seeing the light that components can be a solution? What do, what do you think is going on there? I think that a lot of framers are starting to see the worth in wall panels and uh, floor cassettes and having kind of the components work all together to give them pretty much a, a product that they just kind of have to stand up. So I know I have a framer that I work with pretty closely and when he's going in with his bids, that's kind of how he's pitching it to the GCs and the builders is, hey, look at all this time that I can save you. Go with my company because of the time that I can save you. And for a lot of guys, that's a huge selling point because especially in multifamily, the, the faster that you can get the building up, the quicker that you can get heads in the bed and start making money. So I think that that's a lot of it. And then there's also the labor side of things where a lot of the guys, you know, didn't start doing this or didn't grow up doing this their whole lives. And they don't have as much experience as some of the guys who have been doing it forever um, as far as framing goes. And they don't have the time to train them because things are happening so quickly and buildings are going up so fast. So it definitely makes life a little bit easier on them and helps take the the strain of labor off the table. Definitely. Is there anything in particular you're seeing, Angie? Like you have a little different perspective on the business? I just think a lot of it does have to do with the labor shortage, but in turn, I think that is going to help out the component industry more than anything because people people do not realize or the framers around here maybe don't realize as much um, the time constraint and them being able to get a lot of buildings put up quicker and faster and get more accomplished, I think, more than anything um, with using, you know, the wall panels and the different items and stuff. I just don't think they realize. I think they think it's not near as cost effective for them, but in turn, it really is. And I think that the fact that this labor shortage and them using more wall panels will definitely help prove that fact. Sure. Is there any particular way, Ashley, you go about, you know, promoting that message in your market as you're working with new customers that has worked well for you? We have a guy named Craig Waltz who runs our wall design uh, sector, and 
he just does a great job of laying out all the time savings and cost savings that going with wall panels can present to a framer. So I try my best to, you know, I give them my little pitch and I tell them all the things that I think it's how it's going to help them. But I really like to get them in front of Craig and, and have him lay it all out on paper and show them, you know, exactly how the wall package comes together. You know, this whole unit comes in a package and they're all numbered and all you have to do is basically follow the paper that we give you and stand the walls up and how how much time savings that that gives you. And we've also done the time lapse videos that show you, you know, how how many days it takes to put a building up versus how many days it takes to do it conventionally. Those are a lot of the tools that I like to use. And I've gotten a couple of customers on board because of that. And I think the more we do, the other customers will see all of the benefits and and they'll hop on board as well. Great. Yeah, again, it comes down to good customer service and building those relationships, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, thanks so much for taking the time today to join me on our podcast. Yes, thank you for having us. We appreciate it. Thank you very much for having us. Definitely. I'd like to thank our listeners as well for spending this time with us and uh, join us for future episodes in Component Connection. Thank you for listening to SPCA's podcast, Component Connection. We are committed to bringing you a variety of information via this podcast. Please email your feedback or suggestions for future topics to podcast at sbcindustry.com. 